This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zach's trying to get loose. He'll fire. Hey! Garland upstairs. Oh! Sixth and inside! A thunderous dunk! And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. They said we couldn't podcast after All-Star Weekend, but here we are. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps, and video. Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe. Zoom, how the world connects. And connecting with me now, live via Zoom, is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing very, very well. It was a very, very fun uh, evening, uh, weekend in the land. Just <laughs> activities on activities. We met the GM. We met the coach. We interviewed the G- uh, I'm sorry, the president of basketball ops. Sorry, I always forget about G- that. Promotion. Good correction. Good correction, uh, Carter. Well, I'm, I'm glad thank you God, didn't do that if in you had person. Me on- well, well, thank goodness I didn't. We met the president of basketball operations and the coach and interviewed them. We had a little happy hour action with Channing Fry and talked to him for 30 months. We met more media folks and friends than you can count. And uh, and uh, the 75th anniversary happened. And the boys were all playing well. Oh, it was a great weekend, my friend. Well, I, I mean, the Cavs went into the weekend with a two-game losing streak, and now we have a three-event winning streak, Carter, for this wow. last quarter of a season. Wow. Because every event the Cleveland Cavaliers took part in over the weekend, they won. They won the Rising Stars. They won the down Skills it. Contest. And down it. Jared Allen locking down Joel Embiid when it really counted to help Team LeBron win on All-Star Sunday night. MVP who <laughs> I, I do before Blocking we get him in, at the rim. Oh, oh, but before we get into all that, I do want to give a massive shout out to the city of Cleveland itself. Um, it, for those that don't know, part of why I fell in love with the Cleveland Cavaliers is just the connection I felt with the city. Um, just the, the fans, uh, the mentality of Cleveland sports fits Winnipeg sports just so well. 
And to be kind of received the way that we were over the weekend, to see Cleveland just, you know, showing the hell out, wrapped up so beautifully. Um, everyone was friendly. The logistics. Um, that I don't know about you, man. My takeaway was, holy crap, the logistics of making an all-star game happen are ridiculous. There were like, <laughs> no joke, 20 TV trucks parked outside the arena. Every building within like four miles was wrapped in all-star, you know, vinyls everywhere. Every every hotel had slam magazines with the beautiful cover shot Shout by Jimmy boy, Longo. Jimmy, Jimmy Longo. And like it just felt like the entire city was taken over in a way that like I don't know if I all the way expected. I guess I expected it, but it wasn't something that was on the forefront of my mind because there were so many other things that were racing through my head as the the week approached. Uh, first and foremost, of course, was that Wednesday night event uh, where we had the good fortune of being able to interview both Kobe Altman and J.B. Bickerstaff. That did not make it onto the podcast feed, but our listeners can go check that out on the Cavs YouTube channel. Audio wasn't quite at the level I would want. It was a live event, you know. It was a live event it would it would have been a little difficult on the pod feed so we had to put it on just the youtube but buddy a, a nice little youtube so exclusive fun. because i i've turned into a bit of an audio snob over the years carter i i i i can't really apologize for it because i i that's just who i am now and i i've accepted that but my major major shout out uh to the cleveland cavaliers for helping make this possible to continue uh, to believe in us and enable us to to do what we've been doing. Uh, we broke a little bit of news over the weekend as well that we have signed an extension and are staying partners with the Cleveland Cavaliers for a little while longer. So that's a very, very exciting. Uh, I could not be more happy they don't, about They don't let the went. legends hit free agency. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's one way you could spin it. But uh, another shout out needs to go to all of the listeners of the podcast, all the fans that uh, took the time to approach us when we were walking through the streets, uh, to hang out with us at Flannery's and uh, hang with us as we got a shot from Dennis Rodman, which was a very surreal experience. And just the the love and support that we got from everybody in Cleveland, uh, whether they were fans of the podcast or not, it, it just helped make that week so much special so much more special than i i even could have imagined in my wildest hopes and dreams and uh you can tell my voice hasn't fully recovered from it yet uh i was just so excited to get to hug it out with everybody and uh just really soak in the weekend so uh, uh from the bottom of my heart massive massive thank you to all of our fans and supporters yeah i mean it remains so cool i know this is a little self-indulgent so guys you just kind of have to deal with it sorry but like just it, we, like, which is we totally know we foreign have, on this podcast, right? Yeah. Like we never get self I know. <laughs> we know we know that we have our core group of listeners, our Discord boys and girls that are, you know, that are, are down with the cause and sometimes really not even that down with the cause. They just like to hang out in the Discord. But, you know, you kind of like in your brain you kinda of go, Well, if you're an online kind of person who's on who's tweeting five hundred times a day, you listen to this thing and maybe you could have find it. But if not, you don't really know what it is, but so many people are just like, oh, yeah, I've been, you know, I don't tweet. I'm not on Discord, but oh, I love the pod and I've been listening for years. And it's like, holy crap. Um, just an honor. It's so fun that, you know, we've built a, you know, this little community of, of, of Cavs, of Cavs diehards, man. It was a really, really cool weekend. 
Super cool. And we kept hearing from the people that we were meeting for the first time, but maybe have podcasted with or interacted with on Twitter um, that were coming in from out of town. Like everybody had a lot of fun. They really loved spending time in the city and they learned what we've been saying for a while now, which is what makes Cleveland so great is the people that are in it. And when you have a place that has cool places to hang out, to, to go drink, amazing food, I, I ate incredibly well once again. Um, like, what more could you possibly want than those three things? And uh, I, I'm sure some people complain about the weather. Get Trust me, even as someone coming from the Arctic cold, that wind, it, it can cut you. It was no joke, my friend. But but the rest of the reception uh, just made it feel so warm the entire time. So from the bottom of my heart, again, like it's... Thank you so, so much to to all the fans and supporters because really, really made the weekend extra special. But um, the Fever Dream season continued over All-Star Weekend with basically everything just going script perfect. Uh, you, you look at the Cavs doing so well in the Rising Stars competition, Evan Mobley uh, sealing it with that half-court shot. Could not have been more exciting. Uh, his run going. I'll tell you what, you will never, ever, ever get skills competition in Rising Stars straight. Did I uh, Did I say skills? You will never do it. You will never do it. No, you said Rising Stars while talking about the skills again. Yeah. All, all know, weekend, guys. All weekend he got this wrong. I, I'm nothing if I'm not consistent, you, Carter. But you have a true you have a true mental block on this one. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I I think it's because there was so much carryover participation. You know, you get the rookies in both yeah. of those games. Sure, um, that that's sure. my story, and I am going to stick to it. Uh, but yes, rising stars. Evan Mobley was fantastic. Uh, Cade Cunningham got MVP because he was throwing lobs to Mobley and got credit for all those assists. But uh, to bone see- to pick with friend of the pod, Chris Fedor. You're, it's a it's a it's an all star event. Feed feed or vote local. <laughs> You're allowed throw to your vote integrity local. out the window. Vote hey, local, it, especially you know during during these hard times, you got to support local businesses, and, and that's what the Cleveland Absolutely. Cavaliers are. You know, um, but yeah, uh, it was journalism really funny. be damned. That first game was really fun and, and intense, and then when the Cavs played their game, that. It was very clear that that was going to be for basically the the championship, the the win in the Rising Stars event, because they were playing such hard defense already, uh, or e- relatively speaking, I should say, because they were probably still at about eighty percent effort, but that's more than the fifty that that they usually gets. Uh, but I love that format. I thought it was so much fun. I think the mini games helped keep me engaged, and it really made for a fun Friday night. Yeah, I liked the. I didn't know if I'd like the little mini tournament. I thought it was just the right amount of basketball. The Elam ending. Oh, actually, that wasn't even Elam ending. It was just, you know, play to a target bucket. score. Play, play to a number. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it was super competitive. It was funny because that first game was more all star gamey and intensity. And then all of a sudden, you get these tryhards like Jay Sean Tate and Isaac Okoro <laughs> out there, and guys can't help but start scrapping. It was so fun to see. Um, Mobley really, you know, separated himself even in that game. Um, dear friend of the pod, all-star LaMelo Ball was the fourth best guy in the court. Mm, uh, tough, tough, <laughs> tough scene. Tough scene there, Carter. Tough scenes. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Mobley was awesome. You know, it did feel, did I don't know about you, but it felt a little weird not having him in the all-star game. You know, like having him not be a part of all-star Sunday because like, well, he's such an important part of our 
of our experience right now, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I think it obviously was fitting for him to be there for All-Star Weekend. And if I had to guess, he's going to be a fixture at All-Star Weekend moving forward for the rest of his career. Um, Is he an All-Star next year, Justin? I think it's very possible. I, You know what? I'm why not? I we're, say we're, we're riding yes. off. I'm, we're riding off the high of this weekend. I'm going to say yes because I, I do think the Cavs are going to continue building off that success. And as we transition to talking about the skills contest, got it right that time, Carter. Um, I'm like really I, proud of you. I, I think you even got kind of just that little glimpse once again of oh my goodness, there's another tier for Mobley. When he was going through the shooting contest and hit the first five shots, including the the five-point shot, uh, bouncing back and forth, hitting those consecutive threes, that's, once again, one of those little glimpses that reminds you that there's still so much internal improvement that's going to be coming from Evan Mobley, and the touch is still there. It's about getting it up to a position where he can do that consistently in games and, and impact beyond what he already is doing. Yeah, I mean, the reality is Mobley's three-point percentage, like if there's been a thing that has dropped off over the course of the year, his three has cratered. You know what percentage from three he shot in February? Ooh, I, I guess like 14%, something really low. I'm going to go real. 18.8? There you go. Guess what he shot? Guess what he shot in uh I'm sorry in Mar- and that was in January. What do you think he shot in February? Uh I'll run so, it back. So 14. Uh, zero. He did he has not made a 3 all uh in ah. in his 9 games. Uh I'm sorry, 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 games hmm. in February. So the jumper has really not been there for him and that and while that's been a little disappointing like practically like to me it's always like I just keep thinking Man, his floor is this, and he and, the, <laughs> That's and right. he can't hit the broadside of a barn right now. So, like, as that jumper develops and he shows off that touch that he showed off in the skills competition, um, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, sky's the limit for him, man. Yeah, uh, not to disagree with new friend of the podcast JB Bickerstaff, but uh, when when he was saying that he didn't really feel like the team hit a wall uh, prior to the All Star break. I, I think fatigue was definitely kicking in. Uh, it, to me, it, it's apparent. I think these nine days off are going to do the guys a lot of good. I know some of them were taking part in All-Star Weekend, but that is still a lot easier on the body than going out there and playing games, playing three games in four nights, and some of the travel that they've had to deal with over the season. So I think this is going to do them a lot of good. We are approaching the fourth quarter of the NBA season. Uh, I believe only 24 games left. Uh, They're going to really be tested down the stretch here where teams are going to be playing harder than they have all season because these games are really going to start to matter uh, from a seeding standpoint. And they're going to have to be on their best. They can't afford to have off nights because even though the schedule, relatively speaking, is easier, there's not a lot of bad teams in the NBA and there's not a lot of easy matchups. Even the bad teams have at least one player that can go off and kill you, as Cade Cunningham did the last time the Cavs played Detroit. Yeah, it's uh, going to be really, really exciting. Before we jump to the fourth quarter of the season, let's keep running through All-Star Justin, we did get to witness history, and that was really Ooh, cool, you know. In, NBA's 75th anniversary, and we got to see uh, an all-star event that featured the worst dunk contest of all time. I was pretty sure that was where you were going. I, I was pretty, pretty damn sure that you, that's where it was going. I mean, look, if you're going to have a memorable night, 
sometimes your memorable nights and your great stories aren't always the best ones. And um, it I, wasn't I, great. But I'll tell you what, the other events kept the night from being a total bummer because I thought the shooting competition was pretty cool. Yep. Um, though I'll die on the hill. No all money ball wreck. I don't like it. It's too much variance. I'm I'm so indifferent about that, but whatever. I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, but I thought I thought skills competition was pretty fun. Like it was a little convoluted. It was a new format. Uh, you know, the the passing competition was literally unwatchable in the most legitimate I sense disagree. of you couldn't tell what was going on. Okay, that that's fair because it was funny as hell because of all the chaos that was out there. I thought skills was a lot of fun. I think it's getting very close to a perfect format. Um, the, I agree. The passing was a little weird. I don't know why the uh, the four point uh, hoop was big or smaller than the six point hoop. Uh, there, there, there were a few questions that I had about that. Um, but yeah, skills was great. Three point contest is consistently fun to watch and then the dunk contest uh just happened to be a, a bit of a rough year and we've had a lot of those right where it's just kind of hit or miss it's one of those events that uh can go either way and it, it, it went we the other way in a memorable that. way What's i will that? say this i wish we could just accept that like it's it's going to be an event that has a 10 percent hit rate mm-hmm. but the hit rate is the the 10 percent is so good that it's worth the other 90 because the reality is like it's not like in the 90s where you know like where dominique could just do like you know a a windmill and get a a perfect 10 Mm -hmm. these dudes have to do like a quadruple backflip into into a cartwheel into a through the legs off the backboard dunk and it's like yeah well the degree of difficulty is so high they're gonna miss all the time and like you know like i just think it's really really hard to judge it where it's like I just think you just we just got to be okay with it sucking sometimes, you know, sometimes it's going to suck, but then sometimes you're going to get the Levine Gordon thing that's going to just change your life. But what if instead we can share some half-baked takes? Because I, I've got a potential fix for the dunk contest, Carter, and, and I, I, I I'm wondering if you're already. interested here. What's that? I hate it already, but go ahead. So... You got four contestants, you break them into head-to-head matchups, and you do horse. Nope. You do horse. Where no, the first guy, I don't like it. Yeah, first guy does a dunk. The second guy tries to imitate it. Then the second guy gets to dunk first, and the first guy gets to imitate it. And whoever has the best combined score gets to set the tone for the next matchup, like for the third one, the, the rubber match, the tiebreaker, so to speak. I don't think that solves the problem. I, I think it'd be fun because then the, pro- the problem is that the guys miss too many dunks. Well, that's the thing, because if you only get the one attempt and that's an important part, of this, then they'll you, have boring dunks. No, you're you're going to get a good dunk executed well. And I, I no, think no, I, I, no one uh, J- Jalen Green did a behind or did a through the legs 360 and people are like, eh. I think competition makes it a little fun. I, I think it makes it a, a little bit more fun. There is a competition fun. already. Uh, I, I, I like, <laughs> they're, I like they're, the idea of They're competing for the best score. You're mm. wrong. You're hey. wrong, buddy. We just Fine. don't stop trying to fix it. Just just enjoy it when it's fun and get some joy. And I, don't, I think it was uh, maybe a snotty uh, dripping. Someone on Twitter was like, we are underrating one of the most fun parts of a bad dunk contest, which is roasting it on Twitter. It's true. It's so, good like, content. I, I, mean, I just I don't think you time. can fix it. <laughs> I, you, you, it's just a little tough when just you get some, 
when you get to the point where the field goal percentage in the dunk contest is lower than the three-point contest, you have a little bit of a problem. And, and, yeah, and unless they make them all, then it's the coolest thing in the world. It's true. It's true. I, like, for the most part, I'm with you. I, I'm here for the jokes and whatnot. Um, I think the skills contest, if I could make one tweak, I would love to do the relay with like a minute and a half on the clock and you end with the shooting contest with those kind of point values on the floor. So however whatever's much, left. Yeah, what whatever time is left, get as much score as you can, have some guys rebounding. Uh obviously in that case it would become an individual event again instead of teams, uh unless you're doing like a combined score. You thing. do a relay. But or, yeah. yeah, combined score. Yeah, or something you, you like could do that. combined score if you wanted to do like duos or something like that. But I, I do think that that would be a fun tweak to it. But I, I think they're getting really close to a great format because that's that's kind of the tricky thing on Saturday night, which is usually I, I would say my my favorite night of the weekend. Um, the the kind of search for a third event ha, has always been there, and they've always been tweaking. You know what's funny that though contest? is like. I don't know if I care if it's a good competition or not. Like from a scoring, like from a competitive integrity thing. Like I had a fun time watching it. So like in that well, sense, it's probably time. pretty fun. I, I had a great time on Saturday. Like it doesn't need to be a great dunk contest for me to have a great time. And like you've said, I, I think the community aspect of it is a big thing where even if one of the events doesn't go over well, that's fun to talk about, right? And, and everyone's watching the same thing. So um, very minor notes on that. And then the All-Star game itself, man, we got to witness one of the better All-Star games, in my opinion. And, and that's not just because I'm there. That was absolutely fantastic it's been said once before it's been said a million times before the elam ending has saved the all-star game and wow did we ever get treated to a great one do you think that um they pay attention to try to keep the score close through three quarters now Uh, i do think that put on your conspiracy hat because we've had a few close ones in a row i I wonder if they're just like the game starts in the fourth quarter and like we'll kind of just like we'll take some more like if we're up eight we'll just take a a way more audacious shot other than we would otherwise i don't think that's necessarily the case i i think it's just the natural competition of each quarter meaning something like the the fact that it is for charity uh that they're not competing that hard bro (laughs) they're not they they compete hard in the last minute or two of each quarter and you we've seen we saw that gap get narrowed multiple times over the night where the last two minutes basically like Giannis would all of a sudden turn it on and like really try to go out there and win that individual quarter i i think it's just kind of inevitable that the competitive juices start getting going in those last minutes because that's kind of like a final score so uh, i i think that has more to do with it than like some conscious effort to keep it tight until the fourth quarter because let's be honest like some of it was just ridiculous shot making to even keep it close and uh chief culprit on that list was steph curry who was just absolutely going nuts on sunday night yeah this podcast is uh well established in their hater hateration of (laughs) steph curry that man is a sight to behold when you are in the same building there is something really really special about like seeing how he moves how he gets those shots off the confidence that it's going in in the room and i i tweeted this after the game like this was this was Rocky in Russia and in Rocky Four. Mm-hmm. Steph flipped the crowd. The man got booed to high hell uh, on uh, uh, during his intro, rightfully so. He kind of 
enjoyed it. You could tell. I think yep. both he and Draymond enjoyed their booze. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, w- which you could, is a we sign of a real sports crowd, right? Yeah. Like, it, it, oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. I, I think that that was actually kind of a very unique thing where you had a crowd that knew the history of basketball, it, it knew the history of the NBA, right? Uh, it, it wasn't just people from out of town with a bunch of money in there. You had real fans in attendance that were willing to boo Paul Pierce. They were willing to boo James Harden, who the Cavs have no real history with, but we we know what's coming. We we know how annoying that's going to get. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I think it's fantastic. Um, it's it's sports hate, right? Like I I think as long as sports hate is like kept in the right lens and, and yeah, in the right and perspective, it got flipped, it's fun. You know, like by the end, like we were cheering from the press box. I mean, mm-hmm. to, to in the most literal sense, because it was just it was just such a show. Um, the man hit sixteen threes in a game. I don't care what game it is, and like, how much better did that feel than when AD got fifty two on putbacks and offensive boards? <laughs> you know, offensive boards, little duck ins, just like little dunks. Like that felt like cataclysmic. Like it was just so freaking fun, man. Mm-hmm. And well, like the the thing about ahead. sports hate too, though, is it's earned. Right. Like you don't just give out sports hate to give out sports hate. It's it's why I, I'm not making jokes about Jalen Green or Scotty Barnes. Like they are not threats to the the legacy of Evan Mobley, right? And, and Steph Curry and, and Draymond, both of those guys, they they wear it with pride. Uh I, I hate playing against them, but you know, you respect the game, right? Like and there's no denying that they are two of the greatest players of this generation. Draymond's probably the best defensive player of this generation, Steph's the best shooter this generation and i've said it on the podcast a million times like if i'm building an all-time team i I think steph is the perfect fit because he just fits with anybody and to me that's part of why i love garland's game so much is because i see so much of that where you can fit him into any individual lineup and uh just the ability to pass to shoot to play off ball uh the the understanding of the flow of the game uh the the way that teammates connect with him there's a lot of parallels there so to me it was a lot of fun to witness Uh, i don't know how durant managed to put together the team that LeBron had with, with his decisions. Like the, the fact that Durant passed on all those guys and allowed for Steph, Giannis, Jokic, LeBron, all, all these guys to end up on one team is, we, we, we make, we make fun. Listen, we make fun of fun of GM LeBron all the time in the real league. Like buddy, Durant, Durant, please please stay out of front offices. Please stay out of front offices based on the teams you're putting together. Carter, I disagree. I disagree. We have to play those teams now. The the Cavs are up there in the standings. We want Kevin Durant to be making roster decisions left, right, and center. I want him to continue. Yeah, that man does not have it. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Doesn't have the juice. 0-3, 0-4 as the the captain. My God. Uh, Yeah, um, (laughs) it it didn't feel like a fair fight, but it was so exciting to see uh, Allen close and... Man, Darius was just a couple centimeters off on a few of those threes. And I, I think there's a world in which they would have closed with him, too, if not for just it just wasn't his night Yeah, the, in those, terms of just hitting the crazy deep ones. Yeah, the, those two fourth quarter threes just rimmed out. And I, I think the, the fun part to me was it looked like he belonged out there. Um, he, he was very, very at home. He made some great highlight plays. The deep three was a lot of fun. Um, I'm not going to go full lunatic and track the number of potential assists, but there was quite a few, uh, looking at you, Fred Van Vliet bricking everything. Um, but you know, like it, it was fun to see Garland out there. He definitely 
look like he belonged. And for Jared Allen, um, there were stretches there where Embiid was giving him the business, uh, especially in that fourth quarter. And uh, Allen just kept making him work for it, work for it, work for it. And you could tell that Embiid was getting just a little bit tired. And we saw that in the first game against Philadelphia where Embiid started off really strong. And as the game progressed, you could tell he got a little bit fatigued. And as we have three more matchups against the Sixers this season, that's going to need to be the formula. Like, there may just be... They better figure out something, because that dude is amazing. <laughs> yeah, th- th- there's going to be nights where Embiid is hitting the step-back threes, and he's hitting tough shots over Allen, and you're just going to have to live with it. But if he can continue to make him work for that, that's where you get a little bit of hope, because there, there's not a lot of guys uh, that can even hang around with Embiid. And I, I think it's actually a sign of respect that Embiid goes as hard at Jared as he does. Like, you look at... Uh, some of the other matchups where he, he just doesn't necessarily like he's always putting up big stats, but you can tell he's not trying to really go at a guy and uh, for Jaron Allen to be one of those players that he respects and, and really pushes to make a statement against him, I, I think is the, uh, a feather in his cap. Yeah, it, w- it was just super fun, man. Like he, he really did help close the game down. Mm-hmm. Uh, got that huge block at the rim. Uh, and, you know, finished well, smiled the whole way. It was just a really nice weekend for the Cavs' young core, and, you know, I I do think we must talk about ye old elephant in the room, which is uh, one LeBron James... (laughs) (laughs) One LeBron James setting the media world on fire uh, by throwing throwing some... I wouldn't even call it passive-aggressive. No. Shade at the Lakers. I would it call it aggressive. Aggressive. <laughs> um, uh, didn't rule out a return to Cleveland. Talked about playing with his kid. What? What? What did you kind of take away from that? That kind of you know the the whole thing? Because, buddy, it was uh, it, it it felt like he was he, as always. He always knew exactly what he was doing as he tossed that lit match into a a, a canister of gasoline. My takeaway of the whole thing is I think the Cavs are a very convenient boogeyman. Um, I I don't think that he was completely like I I think there's probably some part of LeBron that means it. I mean, there's a connection with the fan base and whatnot. But with the Cavs being as good as they are for the master of the leverage play, they are a perfect team to throw out there for putting pressure on the Lakers to, for, to get them to be active this offseason, to, to make some moves. I think it was also just a smart play because it probably warmed up the reception. Like, I, I think he would have got a warm reception either way, but tossing those breadcrumbs out there made that the cheers just a little bit louder on Sunday night, and I'm sure that was part of the calculus as well. Um, I, I don't see it happening. I, I don't think he's going to force a trade to the Cavs or anything like that, and I, I don't think that he he's made it clear that he's not going to play on a minimum contract really, but before that brawny year. So um, I I just can't see a scenario where it happens in the next two three years. Um, but who who knows? Like it, yeah, I, I think he was genuine when he was saying he'd keep the door open, and if down the road there I was always an opportunity, the door was open. <clears throat> Yeah, it, it, down the road, like if there's an opportunity to sign him for like the mid-level exception or something like that, like obviously I would be into it. It's LeBron, but um, I, I just don't think that it's worthwhile to fixate on because I, I, I do think that the the primary reason and, and motivation behind it was a leverage play against the Lakers, which by all accounts, as upset as he is with how this season has gone, it does seem like 
he wants to stay in LA at least for a couple more years. Well, yeah, I mean, through this year and next year. Yeah. <laughs> when his contract's up, I mean, there's not really much there, else. There's that can... weird, there's that weird purgatory year after that yeah. year and when Bronny would be yeah, eligible yeah, to yeah. be drafted. So, like, you know, I think, like, you know, we, I mean, the question is obvious and talking to Grub and Media in the chat uh, asked it, you know, would you welcome him back? And I think I would. You know, mm-hmm. I think that I, I, I've spent a lot of time rooting for the guy. I love watching him play basketball. I know there's a lot of drama and attention that comes with LeBron. Some of it self-inflicted that is like a little tiring. And, you know, we've, we've, we've litigated it a hundred times, but like ultimately there's some fun that comes with the idea of like, especially if the Cavs continue to trend the way they are of being a team that can accommodate LeBron, Mm -hmm. not a team that I I don't know. There's something like maybe, maybe it's just like, misplaced like fan um uh insecurity but like i always i i i love the idea kind of romantically of being the place that comes and saves lebron from (laughs) from basketball purgatory as opposed to the team that even when he came the second time yes Kyrie was there yes he knew uh that love was a very 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 good possibility um and yeah the talent level was there but there were no results at all yet um the team stunk uh and and let's call it what it is he had to make so they they had to make some mid-season trades even that year to to you know go from being a pretty mediocre team to a good one so like the idea of just like I mean, and talk about what a what a perfect fit a bit how often have I said a big playmaking wing is all they need (laughs) How about the best one ever, Justin? Um, I've always been pretty obsessed with how LeBron's going to age, mm-hmm. um, especially on the offensive side of the ball and figuring out kind of what the way he'd play on a team like this would be really, really fun. Um, you know, the the scoring burden wouldn't be there like it is for him in L.A. right now. The defensive burden certainly wouldn't be where it is. So, like, it, it's very intellectually fun to think about for me. But, like, to your point, like, the roads to making it happen are actually pretty limited um, unless you wanted to take a pay cut to come. Now, yeah. there's you can cobble together salary. Don't you Don't you worry. But, like, I you, just don't, you I don't you find that do likely. You can't do it without leveraging a bunch of the future, and I'm sure there would be, like, if well, the Lakers you decided to move him. You, if, if the Lakers you decided could. to move him, there, there would be a lot of teams making offers. I, I just wouldn't be comfortable with it. Like, to, to me, the thing is, I feel like I got closure the last time he came back. Sure, I, this would I, just be for fun. We, we, we got we got it, four years. There's no, there's no demons being exercised here. This is just fun times now. Yeah, like we, we got four years, four finals appearances, and the Cavs are building something that seems very sustainable, that can have a very long run. Um, they have a great position to be in right now where they have a lot of assets outside of their core that, that could be interesting. And I just wouldn't be interested in giving up that sort of kind of massive package to bring in someone like LeBron. Like I, I think because they've built something that's so special and uh, something that looks like it, it could be the foundation of, of a long run. I, I don't want to go all in on, on a player this close to the end of his career. And yeah, I mean, it, the it, only it, difference it, is your definition of all in is way lower than mine. Sure, your definition sure. is any of the young guys at all. 
Well, and also first round picks, like if it's impacting your ability See, I, to make I, moves down the road, right? Like, I, I, yeah, I think here, for me, here, it, I, I, hold on real quick. I must roast you. I must. We can leverage the future because we have too many young guys for Karis LeVert. <laughs> but not too many young guys for LeBron James. Well, I don't I don't think we leveraged the future for Levert. We didn't give up any picks beyond this year. You you, you said we don't need we don't need to worry about developing young guys right now. We have enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. But I, I'm I'm talking about like giving up multiple picks down the road that impacts your ability to trade picks and, and that sort of thing. Like if you were to come back, I would want it to be kind of on the Cavs terms where it's okay, you're coming to be a part of this. We're not looking for a savior. And it's very, yeah, sim- I think that's it, the fun part. That's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. But, but, but my thing is it, it's similar to at the start of the year with Ben Simmons talks where we, I understood why, Hey, because we're looking for some sort of foundational piece, uh, we're looking to maybe take a swing. Uh, I, I, I was, I had some interest in that. I'm no longer at that point because I think those pieces are in place now. Um, so it, if it was on the Cavs terms, I would have some interest, but for me, I'm just so focused on what they currently have in, like in, in front of us, right? Like we have yeah, so I'm much not to care spending about. We have much time pining. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, it's, that, it's after this weekend, it is out of my brain because I, I don't think that it's a realistic possibility over this year and next year. Um, I, I just, I, I can't see it happening. And there's so many interesting storylines. There's so many angles for, for the Cavs to, uh, you know, continue to supplement the core that they have and, and to, to make a run that, to me, this is what you think about when you're kind of in the wilderness. And I, I think the Cavs are out of the wilderness and, and we're, we're in a much, much more interesting place now. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I don't know about more interesting. I They would be fun and interesting. And, you know, if he, if he came, I would be super excited to see how it worked, seeing how it's, it's the fun basketball experiment. But again, I, I don't think it's worth fixating on um, just because the practical is right in front of our face and the practical is pretty fun right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, it's a, it, is it a fun idea? Does the romantic in me kind of like the idea of him ending his career in Cleveland? Of course. Um, And, and the, in my opinion, there is a certain like joy and that the team is good right now. Mm -hmm. You're not coming hat in hand saying, please help us. Oh yeah. uh, With anyone you're trading for at this point. And that's, and that's really, really fun to me, but we should, we should pivot back to these calves and talk about the last quarter of the season. Cause Buddy, now that the deadline is after all star or all star break is after the deadline, and that deadline is kind of where it is, we, it feels like we have the half back half of the season. We got twenty games. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's and not only it that, is, it, it we was are actually less something- than like a month and a half out from the playoffs. It, it was actually something I was hoping to ask JB Bickerstaff about, but. I have to imagine they are happy that the trade deadline is now before All-Star break because now there's these nine days off where you can actually go out and kind of have a practice, like get guys comfortable, get Karis Levert into the rhythm of things. Uh, Lowry Markkinen, uh, we, we would hope, would be back maybe, maybe even this this week uh, on Thursday uh, for the game against Detroit uh, because he was getting pretty pretty close to, to coming back. Um, I'm, I'm sure they will be cautious with that. Uh, Cavs have one of the better medical staffs in the league. But now it's a reset. 
you you're no longer feeling that collective fatigue from playing 60 games uh over the course of a couple months and each one of these games is really going to matter i think the Cavs won some games earlier in the season because they were trying harder and they were executing better than other teams and i I think a lot of those teams are now going to be in that same mindset I, i think philadelphia is going to be fighting for every single game milwaukee's going to be fighting brooklyn chicago like all all miami all these teams are going to be playing really really hard because the marathon is starting to pick up speed and it's looking more and more like a sprint so i think this is going to be a really really significant test for the Cavs. i think pass or fail uh there are going to be a lot of learning experiences over the next couple weeks and i'm really interested to see how how they approach this yeah it's wild to me that the Cavs per um tankathon i think they either have the 22nd or 24th hardest schedule remaining because you look at this if you're watching on youtube you start out easy uh with at detroit versus washington versus Minnie versus charlotte but then it's quite the gauntlet at philly versus toronto i i uh, appreciate the slight charlotte slander there (laughs) yeah i i think i think if compared to the other games it's an easy one yeah uh but, you know, at Miami, at Chicago, versus Clippers, who are feisty, by the way, versus Philly, Denver, Lakers, Toronto, Chicago. These are a lot of tough games here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they have they have some winnable ones kind of slotted in there. But those are the kind of games they got to win. They, they, they have to win against the Charlottes of the world. They have to win against the Orlandos and the Atlantas and the New Yorks. Uh, and those are teams that can beat you on a given night. I mean, they just took an L to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, because the reality is that I feel like that stretch, you know, that March 4th at Philly all the way through March 26th for Chicago, uh, you know, with only, you know, about eight, nine games left after that, that is going to be going to define whether this team is hosting a home court playoff series mm-hmm. uh, in the first first game of the playoffs, or they are going to be kind of fighting for their lives. Yeah, uh, as a lower seed and potentially even a play-in team. I mean, they're only a couple games up on on the on the uh, seven seed. Yeah, I I think from a strength of schedule standpoint, like I, I think you're right to point out that there's a lot of difficult games and and there's that tough stretch in the middle of March. Um, if anyone's wondering how that's easier and how other teams are listed as harder, go check out the schedule for Philadelphia. Go check out the the schedule for some of these other teams because it is really difficult. And, and that's kind of to my point earlier about there being no real easy games left. Like every one of these is going to be a game where the Cavs are going to have to come out and earn it. And, and I think that that's a really exciting place to be. Um, I, I do think the the funny thing about strength of schedule is you can have all the formulas you want, but the reality is who you're playing isn't necessarily a reflection of what their record was up to that point, right? Like Phoenix is probably listed in strength of schedule calculations as a very tough team. Um, but now they're missing Chris Paul. Boston isn't listed as a tough team and they are peaking and scary as hell right now. Like they are playing some of the best defense in the NBA. Uh, Dallas at one point wasn't doing very well and then they peak at different times. So I, I, I think you can kind of throw some of those projections out the window and just say, we need to be our best. We need to compete against ourselves because reality is like it, that those three games we saw from Darius Garland prior to the all-star break, 
maybe that was the result of him finally getting some rest, right, with that back end. And he certainly looked good physically over the weekend. Um, But you have to hope that that's going to be the case for Evan Mobley, where he's going to be rejuvenated, that Jared Allen is going to be able to play with the intensity that he had earlier in this season. Like, I I do think that this time off is going to benefit them, but they need to have that mentality where every single game really matters. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be... They, they need things to start breaking their way in a very serious way. Mm-hmm. I feel like the last month has been a bit of a normalization, yep. uh, you know, uh, from, from the upswing. Uh, and, you know, and, and the Rubio thing, I think, really messed up their mojo a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I think Levert needs to come out and be a legit volume scorer at decent efficiency. Mm-hmm. Don't think he has to be anything he hasn't been before. But he at least has to be, you know, a, among the best, close to the best version of himself. Um, the Cavs are going to have to figure out how to play with a guy like that because they haven't had to yeah. all year. Um, yeah. I think Darius has to stay healthy. I think Jarrett and Evan need to go back to being uber dominant every second they're on the floor together. The Isaac three has like things have to trend up pretty universally, I think, because the rest of the East is just so competitive that it's going to be hard for them to take a big lump. You know, if Darius misses eight games with a, with a tweaked ankle, you know, we could really be seeing something very, very different. I don't know. I'm feeling a little stressed. You're a little more confident. They can dodge the plan than I am. Oh yeah. I'm feeling pretty good about this. uh, Looking at the other team's schedules and and just one nice thing about this, by the way, is if they do for whatever reason, Drop into the play-in, and you know tragedy strikes because again you can lose one game and be out mm-hmm. depending on where you are. Um, thank God they've lottery protected that pick. <laughs> That's so a good like point. the downside I, isn't that low. That, I mean that is that is so low on my mind that like that is possibly even lower than a LeBron return, and that's pretty damn low itself. Like what percent chance do you think that they that they don't that they fall seven or lower? In your mind, seven or lower. I... So that's that's into the plan, race. Seven percent. There are only two and a half games up, buddy. I don't care, man. I don't care. I, I feel good about this. I, I feel good about this closing stretch of the season. I'm I'm going to call my shot here. Like I, I I think that they are going to take off in a very interesting way, assuming that they stay healthy. Like if, if they an take injury, off, if, then... an, if an injury happens and that's the reason they yeah, fall, that doesn't like, count. That that, that, that never sucks. Counts. But that's that's not something that we we really need to like like discussing in great detail because there's it's kind of out of our control right like it's random i i think lowry coming back is going to make a huge difference i think lavert getting acclimated is going to be a, a difference maker for them as well uh we do need to talk about one thing though carter which is even though this canadian got extended by the Cavs, the other kevin bangos got waived uh he, he is off to russia um you know this this opens up uh, the possibility of the Cavs being someone uh, or a, a team competing in the buyout market uh we don't know if anyone's going now, to be is in- the, yeah is the pangos thing official yet or are we still waiting on that uh i'm, I'm pretty i i saw keith smith uh tweet that he has cleared waivers uh so okay. I, I think okay. that that is official um but you know they, they're going to at least be able to make a pitch in the buyout market and the buyout market isn't necessarily the most fair system uh it, it's yeah, not well, one thing that's nice is they have uh the disabled player exception for colin so yeah. they can throw a little extra money at a player 
Absolutely. So they they have that. They have the probably the promise of playing time. Like there are still kind of holes that can be filled within this roster. So uh, at least they have that to their advantage. And if no one becomes available, you can always give that final roster spot to Brandon Goodwin, right? Who who is on a two way contract. So uh, I, I think it's it's an understandable move. Uh, unfortunately, Kevin Pangos, the the game just didn't seem to translate to the speed and size of the NBA. Um, but that's why you have partially guaranteed contracts. And uh, I, I do think that it, it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on, at least, uh, as we see players like DJ Augustine available on the trade market. That would be interesting, or the buyout market. Um, so, yeah. I, but I, I do think that the success if, does if need to were, come from the guys that are already a, here. Yeah, I, I know a few of us were making eyes at Tristan Thompson for, for, for a time. Obviously, he's going to Chicago. If you were to add a a, a third point guard, uh, a, an extra wing, or a backup five, where do you go with your uh, with point, your point with guard. your uh, point guard? See, I, 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 I feel like I'm kind of flipping over to five. I, I want five extra legit fouls to use on Impede. I just don't think there's going to be a buyout center. Or there might not be someone better than Ed, though. That, that's the thing. That's, if if that there's no one better point. than Ed, then you just got to kind of roll with it. I haven't seen a name better than Ed, so that's why I continue going with Ed. Like, uh, is Cody Zeller uh, a free agent right now? Like, maybe you, you would look at someone like that. But t- to me, it's a Has point he been guard. bought out? I, I think he got cut. I think he got cut. I, I could be mistaken. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that that would be one name uh, that would interest me. You you fact check me, but uh, what my point uh, was going to be, I, I, I would... don't see anything about this. Did you just make this up? I might have. You know, it was a long weekend, Carter. Not a lot of sleep uh, yesterday, so you, you know, it, it's possible that I was wrong. I, I thought Portland cut. Oh uh, uh, no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. They hey. waved him to make uh, to make up uh, to free up roster space for the CJ McCollum trade. Maybe. So. Guys who were waived on the 11th, uh, per David Smith, DJ Augustine, DeAndre Bembry, Moses Brown. Another, you know, that's more of a project. Yeah, um, Bem- Bembry's uh, with the Bucks now. Yeah, MCW, um, looking at other names. See, see Moore. to me, I, I'd rather get a point guard. One, in case there's an injury, uh, like let's say even Rondo uh, needs to miss some time, or you need to give Rondo a rest. Like I, I think bringing in a, a point guard or, or someone that could at least initiate the offense to me would probably. Be I mean, the Augustine, I think is the, is probably the best one on the uh, of the group. Do you agree yeah. with that? Yeah. Yeah. To, to um, so like. To me, he, he's I would not disruptive, take him. right? Like he he's someone that that is going to go out there and knows how to run a team. He he's not going to try to do anything he can't do. And to me, that's probably what you want with a third string player. Yeah, and what's nice about a guy of Augustine's kind of uh, pedigree is like he's not so good that you're like, well, do we have to give him minutes over Rondo? You can just kind of play the matchups and say, hey, Rondo, you're in tonight. Yeah. And how, how are you guys feeling physically? Like, you, you know, we, yeah. we, if you're feeling good, we'll play you. If you're not, uh, we have the option to give you a night off. So I, I think that's a good position to be in. And once again, would you me- rather them fill that with a vet though, than than just up, you know, than converting good one. I, I think at this point I'd, I'd rather uh, fill it I with wanna, a vet. I want a vet. I want a vet that I, I can trust to steady the waters a little bit in the postseason. Yeah, be, because you, you, if you want to keep Brandon Goodwin around, like you're going to have that option to do so anyway. So I, I think to me, I, I would like to bring in a steady hand, but I, I'm 
if no one's available on the buyout market, if no one wants to come to Cleveland, like I, I do think being able to just give that to Brandon Goodwin, like he earned it. He's played really yeah, well. He definitely it. has earned it. Yeah, and, he, and and if no one's coming, then I would hope that they would convert him. Yeah, I, I think that that's a, a pretty easy answer. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I can't wait for basketball to be back. Uh, I, I know we got to watch it over the weekend, but uh, just it doesn't scratch the same itch as Cleveland Cavaliers basketball card. No, it's different. It's different, bro. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for Thursday. It feels weird to have, you know, two whole more days of waiting. But it'll be here soon. And, and as you said, we, we have at least three pretty easy matchups for the Cavs to to kind of get them get the ball rolling once again after the all-star break so massive thanks to all our listeners big thanks to everyone that came out once again to, to say hi to us uh, over the weekend oh, really yeah. really appreciate it uh, you guys are absolutely amazing uh, you, you make this podcast experience so fulfilling so from the again thank you so so much to everyone a- everyone with the Cavs too uh, I mean the the way that they welcomed us and uh, to, to see just what a special group of people this team has put together off the court uh, is just yeah, they take really good care of us it, and, it's you it's know. really really heartwarming and uh, you and can we're see. so dumb guys they have to they have to take very specific <laughs> care of us we have we, we just walk around like lost puppies we we, we really do us where to go but you know, like the good vibes on the court, like and and the good people they put together on the court, it's definitely a reflection uh, of the organization as a whole. So massive, massive thanks to them uh, once again for the weekend. Hopefully, my voice will be back uh, by the time we are back on Sunday. Uh, but thank you so much to our listeners. If you're watching live on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, click the notification bell so you know when we're going live. If you're listening via podcast, you can leave us a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books if you want be part of the chase downs exclusive discord chat you can send a screenshot of that review to chase at gmail.com however you choose to support us we really do appreciate it make sure you guys are staying safe out there and until next time go cats